1: 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis.
0: For the SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Huge rally Saturday for Donald Trump in Iowa. Republican Senator Charles Grassley praising Mr. Trump as he introduced him by noting there was a great crowd honoring a great president of the United States. Tragedy in Maricopa County, Arizona, a sheriff's deputy remains in very critical condition after he was attacked by a man at a substation. Manhunt for the suspect continues. And in Georgia, law enforcement officer gunned down outside a police station on his first day on the job. Georgia Bureau of Investigation says a gunman fatally shot 26-year-old officer Dylan Harrison. And bloodshed in Minnesota early Sunday morning. One person has been killed, 14 wounded, in a bar shooting in St. Paul. This is SRN News. Bad decisions limit future options. Make enough bad decisions
1: and you destroy your life. Listen to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 730 here on AM 1280 The Patriot. The Flatline describes a main line of resistance in your soul built on God's word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. The Flatline with Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 730 here on AM 1280 The
2: Patriot. The second hour of non with Brad Carlson is coming up next, and how would you like to win a $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree and a year's worth of fine meats from good ranchers? Now's your chance with the Your Favorite Recipe Sweepstakes. Register once a day at am1280thepatriot.com for your chance to win. While you're there, get five bonus entries by submitting a favorite recipe of yours to be included in our upcoming free book, The World's Greatest Recipes, Volume 1, out November 1st. The forecast for today, looking at partly sunny and a high of 71 with a low of 51.4 tonight, this is AM 1280 The Patriot.
1: The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280, the Patriot Studios in Egan. here is The Closer, Brad Carlson.
3: AM-1280, hey, Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And we are live streaming the broadcast right now as I am uh, waving to the camera. Thank you as always for tuning in. I uh, want to uh, switch gears now to some uh, more national news. And uh, obviously you've been following the, uh, at least those of you who listen to the show in all likelihood, follow the national news, uh, what's going on in D.C., particularly the fight over the $3.5 trillion spending orgy that is the reconciliation package. Well, a couple of uh, Democrat senators standing in the way of that, and one of them is Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema, who was harassed. While teaching a weekend class at Arizona State uh, just last weekend, in fact, followed into the restroom, even when she went into the bathroom stall and someone is still filming her outside of her bathroom stall. Just sick, demented, twisted stuff. And not even the commander in chief could issue an unqualified condemnation of this uh, despicable activity. Uh, as such, uh, Kirsten Cinema, despite being a Democrat, is drawing the ire of a lot of progressives who just don't understand why she can't walk in lockstep with the other Democrats and uh, complete the radical transformation of this country now that Democrats control all of Washington, D.C. Well, here to give us a little insight uh, to Kirsten Cinema is Arizonan and uh, Ricochet.com editor-in-chief uh, John Gabriel. Again, check out their fine work at Ricochet.com. You can also see some of John's writings at his home state's newspaper, the Arizona Republic. And he uh, is also the proprietor of the King of Stuff podcast, which you can listen to uh, where you find many of your favorite podcasts. So as always, it's an honor to be joined by the aforementioned undisputed King of Stuff, John Gabriel. John, always good to talk to you, sir. How are you?
5: Uh, Doing great. How about you, sir? Uh,
3: Doing very well. Thank you so much for uh, checking in. Is it uh, it below 90 degrees in Arizona this time of year, John Gabriel?
5: Yeah, it's it's getting – everybody's walking around in parkas. It was down in the mid-80s this week. Dressed up, they're all wrapped up like uh, Ernest Shackleton or something out here. <laughs> Terrible. It is a transition, a dude. Out here in Phoenix area.
3: Yeah, right. Well, it is a transition, certainly, <laughs> once you get into October. So, well, John, as always, again, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I caught uh, your piece at uh, nationalreview.com, uh, very well-written piece. And I've heard you talk a little bit this, about this on your podcast before I'm talking about center Cinema in particular and while her independence might confuse you know a lot of the party activists and fellow democrats uh this isn't uh the type of behavior that's new to you uh Arizonans now she, I know she served in the US House before as as well had, had some other positions um kind of shed a little light uh, if you will John Gabriel what uh, kind of um I don't know kind of demeanor she put forth in the past and how this shouldn't be a surprise uh, to people uh, inside of Arizona, anyways, John Gabriel.
5: Yeah, uh, it really isn't. Uh, she was, uh, you know, she made herself known from, you know, when she was in the state house, and she started out. I don't know. I'd say fifteen plus years ago is very far left. She started out in the Green Party, mm. and uh, you know, was uh, just very much uh, hardcore progressive. But I I think, I don't know what happened to her, but I think she just realized this doesn't work. I'm not getting anything accomplished. And uh, so very quickly, when she got to the state house, uh, working as like a state uh, representative, and then uh, moving on from there, she started aggressively working across the aisle. And I think probably in her heart of hearts, she's definitely to the left of uh, where her voting record would reveal her to be. But uh, she also realizes that, You know, there's just no way on earth that you're going to get anything accomplished, and she certainly is never going to get elected, let alone reelected, unless she really works strongly across the aisle. Um, uh, She comes from – I believe her father is is, uh, pretty far to the right, you know, the home environment she grew up in. So she just looks at people and says, yeah, even if you don't agree with me, you're not the devil, you're not a monster – and uh, we got to, you know, reach our hand across the aisle and work together as much as possible. And um, that has been when, – when she runs uh, for election, she was actually my congressional representative, okay. uh, which drove me crazy because the second she threw her hat in the ring, I was like, she is going to be my representative forever until she decides to move on to the Senate. Uh, because I've watched her career, and every campaign ad she will never mention the uh, any party at all, but it is just a sea of waving American flags and smiling old veterans. You know, you would think, you know, she was to the right of most Republicans the way she runs, uh, but she never mentions either party, and she was just reelected repeatedly until she moved on to the Senate. Uh, This is just who she is, and, you know, who knows what you believe deep down in her heart of hearts. But to get elected in a state like Arizona, which is pretty evenly split, um, you're not going to go all AOC. You know, let's just say that. So uh, I guess this, you know, this
3: was a surprise to a lot of folks, given what's going on in Arizona. I know uh, Joe Biden won the state in in 2020, the presidential race, the first time I think since Clinton had won the state in 1996. And I think Kirsten Sinema, you can correct me if I'm wrong, John Gabriel, was she the first? democrat uh to be elected to the u.s senate what like since the late 80s do i have that right
5: yeah yeah since i think like 92 if memory serves we had a guy uh uh, my fellow old timers will remember dennis DeConcini, who was uh booted from office um yeah late 80s early 90s something like that so it had been a really long time and it was a very um hard-fought race it was very very close but since then uh, here's the thing. It's like uh, you know, Biden ekes into office, and he had several Republicans voting for him. The, the thing to do is reach out to both of them and say, "Okay, let's uh, cheer, uh, uh, let's uh, steer a centrist course." If that's who elected me. Well, that's what Kirsten Cinema did. She's like, I barely won. I got several Republicans who I've worked with in the past to support me, and so I'm going to uh, reward them for doing that, for daring to cross the aisle. Um, So she's a very shrewd politician. Uh, She wasn't, she's not up for re-election this time around, Um, and so everybody's saying, we're going to primary her. Okay, that's like three years in the future, and good luck getting some, you're not going to get a member of the squad, let's say that, (laughs) Right. voting against her, and uh, you could be as angry as you want, but a lot of these, you know, hardcore activists are from out of state, or they're the cohort who have just fled California to, in terror, running from Gavin Newsom's policies. They just moved here, and they're like, "Why isn't Arizona voting far left?" It's like, yeah, our neighbor is California. We have a good example why we don't vote for hardcore progressives. You're all, you're all moving here now.
3: That's a And I, the the state itself. And I know you talked about this in your National Review p- piece, John Gabriel, is it's an interesting dynamic because for years, I mean, Senators McCain and then later on, Jeff Flake absolutely drove the state party, state Republican Party crazy. And now cinema's is <laughs> essentially doing the same to the state Democrat Party. Uh, as you describe, uh, John Gabriel, in your piece, uh, Arizona has a ten- tendency to be very contrarian, uh, interestingly so.
5: Yeah, it's funny. I worked at a state-based think tank here for a couple of years, and you know, we'd be get get people coming in from New York or D.C. or something like that, and uh, move here, and they were just flummoxed. They're like, "What is going on in this place?" And I'd always have to explain to them, "I'm like, well, Arizona, we're obviously not progressive, but we're also not conservative. We're contrarian. That's just our nature." And I don't know if it's just like a Mountain West thing or whatever. But we love seeing the stick in the mud. We love just annoying those city slickers back east. Um, that's just always been the mentality out here. And that doesn't just go for, ooh, we're going to stick it to the media or, I don't know, Hollywood. But it's also stick it to the leaders of your own party. It's And a lot of times, you know, it's basically um, we're we're the youngest state in the continental U.S., and so we're like the teenager. We're <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dad tells you to clean your room. I'm not going to clean my room, even though you're planning to clean it like five minutes before he, he ordered you to. Right. Uh, we just don't like being ordered around. And if somebody says, we insist you do A, we're going to do B. And that's what happened. You know, a uh, good example, which drives everybody nuts, including a lot of Arizonans, everybody goes on daylight savings time. And we're like, no. <laughs> we're not going to They're like yeah but you're making your own life More annoying and irritating We don't care You, you ordered us to do this And we're just going to do our own thing So it's just a dynamic that you need to understand And also all these reporters From the New York Times and Washington Post And elsewhere They're just tearing their hair out So why can't we change her mind It's like you need to understand her voters You need to understand her And you screaming at her Outside of her bathroom stall, you making fun of her on Saturday Night Live, you lecturing her and say, you better do this or else that is the exact wrong way to change Christian cinema's mind. You need a different tack. And uh, I just wanted to try to explain this uh, little uh, statewide oppositional defiance disorder that uh, my state, my lovely state has. No, I loved it
3: because it provided a uh, some very valuable nuggets of history. Like I, I vividly remember uh, the fight over making Martin Luther King holiday, you know, a statewide holiday, and the uh, the state and you had indicated that the state was acquiescing to that until the NFL threatened to pull the Super Bowl out of there if they didn't do it, and at first it did not pass, and therefore the Super Bowl ended up not being there in the early 90s it was eventually later on once the once the holiday passed but i i did not realize that little nugget of history that they were prepared to vote for it until they didn't john gabriel
5: yeah yeah it was uh very popular here we were actually the first uh, uh, first state that put it to a vote on Luther King day okay and every other state it was just voted by the legislature or whatever or the governor announced it and so they're like no let's do this the right way because Arizona, all we cared about is, wait, we're going to give government workers another day off that we have to pay for? I don't know about this. didn't matter what it was about. But they said, let's put it to a vote. And uh, it was leading the polls 60 to 40. This nonstop. It was just a no-brainer. It's going to pass. Then the Sunday before the vote, the NFL announced, if you don't vote for this and support it, we'll never do a Super Bowl in your state. And uh, boom, it flipped. (laughs) The the vote, when the vote totals came in, it was 60% against. Wow. And uh, it was like two years later, they voted on it again. They got it back on the ballot in Arizona. And all the business leaders, you know, the big companies here, all the politicians just begged the NFL. It's like, Please shut up. Keep your mouth <laughs> shut. Up. We're going to get those passed. Just do not interfere. And uh, at that time, at the second vote, the NFL was asked about it. So oh, are you going to threaten them again? And they're just no comment. We're not saying anything. And then it passed like 61 percent of people supported huh. it. And it was actually it turned out, if memory serves, being the first state that actually voted for it, um, and before that, against it. <laughs> Just right. please don't tell us what to do. We're, we're doing this because we like the idea of an MLK Day. And uh, but if you say you better do that, basically, if we're walking by a wall and there's a wet paint sign on, we will go out of our way to touch that wall. <laughs> and uh, outsiders don't understand it. Heck, I don't understand it. But I, I've always been that. You know, I was I was the youngest kid um, in my family and. If you tell me to do one thing, I'm going to do the complete opposite just to spite
3: you. Once again, we are joined by uh, John Gabriel. He, the editor-in-chief of ricochet.com, as well as a host of the King of Stuff podcast. Again, go to your uh, favorite uh, apps to find where you listen to all your podcasts and uh, definitely do a search for the uh, King of Stuff. John, we need to take a quick break. Are you able to hold for one more short segment sure with can. us? Fantastic. John Gabriel will be back with uh, one final segment with us coming up. And if you'd like to weigh in, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Back with another segment on the broadcast with me, Brad Carlson, and our guest, John Gabriel. Go nowhere.
1: Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
6: I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at I Need More Hair dot com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to I Need More dot com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact INeedMoreHair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com.
1: With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com
4: Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to talk local, Minnesota local. I was born and raised right here in Rosemount and have spent my entire life in Minnesota. I'm proud that we're a local family-owned company. It really frosts me when national glass companies based in other states and owned by a foreign conglomerate try to say they're local. Advantage Auto Glass has been local, Minnesota local for over 20 years. We'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives and we'll fix your chipped or cracked windshield right the first time. Advantage Auto Glass has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. If you call your agent or claims line first, make sure to tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass, your real local, Minnesota local installer, and no one else. Or you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com.
1: For chips, nicks, or cracks, call Advantage Auto Glass.
0: Get that Rack Shack Attack, Rack Shack Model
3: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow for any comments or questions. And we also are doing a live stream on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And find us live streaming the broadcast. I'm waving to the camera right now. Uh, continuing our discussion with John Gabriel, he the editor-in-chief of Ricochet. Check out their fine work. Ricochet.com, as well as the host of the King of Stuff podcast. Be sure to check that out each and every week. They drop a new podcast uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, John, before while we have you for this one final segment, I do want to get to some other items uh, in your home state. Uh, speaking of uh, U.S. senators, your other state, uh, or U.S. senator, I should say, uh, Mark Kelly, won a uh, special election back in uh, 2020, will be up for reelection uh, just next year in 2022. Has there been any prominent uh, Republicans that have come forth uh, announcing that they are going to be running in that particular race, John Gabriel? Do we know?
5: Yeah, it um, is kind of... Um a free – nobody knows exactly who will be the opponent there. Um, our attorney general, uh, his name is Mark Brnovich, uh very solid conservative. He's been great. And I want to say I'm completely biased here because uh, he and I went to high school. We shared a government class, our senior government class, and we were the two nerds in the back of the room passing Nash Review issues back and forth. Of course. Uh, and driving our very liberal teacher insane uh, – uh, needless to say, we didn't get a lot of dates, but uh, I've known him forever. Okay. Really, got he's running, and another good guy uh, has announced his candidacy, Blake Masters, and he's originally from California, if memory serves. Kind of associated with Peter Keel and kind of this new, a little more populist uh, mentality okay. as well. He threw his hat in as well. Uh, so yeah, that's a problem. They're both good guys. They're both good guys. And, uh, but Mark Bernovich has been looking at it for a while. And, um, I think he probably is the favorite just because he has deeper roots here at this point.
3: Okay. Uh, but, but so between the Arizona attorney general and, uh, Kurt Schilling, uh, you hung out with some heavy hitters back in the day,
6: John. Gabriel. I know.
5: I know. Yeah. My high school had a lot of, uh, a lot of important people. Kurt Schilling was one year behind him. And so I taught him everything I knew out there on the sand lot. And, uh, that I quit, you know. So it's like, oh, what a what a useless uh, use of my life here. I want to write and not make any money, so I will <laughs> forego baseball and let others get the glory. That's the kind of humility uh, that you get from me.
3: Perfectly understandable, John Gabriel. Well, uh, what about now? There's been some rumblings of uh, now your governor, obviously finishing up his second term. I think the. The state constitution only allows for two terms for a governor. Any thoughts of Doug Ducey uh, throwing his hat in the ring, John Gabriel?
5: I don't think so. I, I think he, and looking around uh, right now, he doesn't think the time is right. Okay. He has been uh, really great. Um, he has, especially, you know, DeSantis definitely gets the big press nationally, but uh, we're one of the few states that never did a mask mandate. Um, he was very strict on there was no governmental rules, um, you know, even when he would say, Yeah, it's okay to shut down school for two weeks to bend the curve. Remember that way back when, Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. You know, he's just like, okay, yeah, we can do that. We don't know exactly what the virus is, Um, and then he said, yeah, make sure you shut down churches too. He's like, no, separation of church and state. Churches, you do what you think is best. Um, So he's been very uh, strong on not mandating anything. Strongly encouraging, like vaccines. He's just like, yeah, we love them. Everybody, get them as much as you can but I'm not mandating it. It's like, this is uh freedom of choice out here. So he's done a really good job. And I think part of the thing he's gone down to the polls because he's a really nice guy. He's um, originally he was born in Toledo, moved out here for Arizona state in college and stayed. Um, but it's a real kind of uh Scott Walker vibe almost, you know, upper Midwest, you know, my family is originally from the UP of Michigan. That's right. Yeah. It's like, you're just nice. You get along with people, and then you work hard. And you do the right thing, and right now that's not terribly popular. You know, you want to yell at the opponents and say you're the devil and I hate you all the time. And uh. so he's just very quietly uh, pursued very very conservative policies, cutting taxes and doing a really good job. So I, I think right now he's just planning to sit out of things for a year or two at least and figure out the next the next the best path forward basically but he's been very successful here but boy the left really hates him and every day in the newspaper look how terrible he is because he's not forcing toddlers into masks so right. it's has uh, been a pretty intense environment here as well as the rest of the country
3: uh on that on that end speaking of your governor i know there's been some criticism of him i don't know if it's so much within your state you could probably shed a little light on that uh, particularly with the with the situation with the southern border, obviously we're seeing what's happening uh, with the Mexico border, uh, you know, bordering against Texas as well as Arizona. And the Biden administration is just, I mean, let's call it what it is, very derelict in their duty in handling the southern border. And Governors Abbott of Texas and Ducey of your home state of Arizona have been, again, receiving some criticism. Because it's like, look, if the federal government is not going to do their job, perhaps it's up to the governors to implement their uh, their mandates, their purview, what, what have you, in order to secure the southern border. Um, what is going on with that in Arizona? Has Governor Ducey taken steps to maybe secure it because the federal government is derelict in his duty, or does he just not have the resources within his
5: state? Yeah, it's tough resource-wise, but I think uh, one thing that he's done from the start is Having the National Guard go down to the border, and a lot of times they're federally prohibited from actually enforcing the border, but they could be used for all the side jobs, uh, you know, after um, after people are taken in by the u.s border patrol the national guard can assist in you know how to deal with it basically but both he and that attorney general i mentioned mark bernovich have been very strong on suing the federal government along with texas usually we are in lockstep on these things and uh, suing the federal government uh, fighting for funds to uh, help out at the border and so they're being as proactive as possible um, with Arizona, it's a bit different from Texas because we uh, – the border surges are very regional. And sometimes most of the people are coming through Arizona. Other times most of the people are coming through Texas or even maybe trying in California. So they're very regional migration patterns. And for some reason, Texas has been bearing the brunt of that lately. And Arizona has been left out mercifully at this time. But we are facing the same kind of border surges that uh, – have been reported for a year now, and it's all because the White House has decided uh, we're just going to hide this issue and not talk about it and not provide the resources necessary to local communities, and then the people who do get through Border Patrol just sending these people around the country. So it really is a scandal, and, yeah, it seems like uh, the governor, attorney general, um, Basically, any, any statewide officeholder who knows what's good for them, someone who's been great on it in fighting the Biden administration, Kirsten Sinema again, she's, she's constantly complaining about the border being um, just left unenforced, basically. So it's something that any kind of statewide politician knows we need to be law and order on this issue. If you want to change the law in Washington, you can change it. But until then, you need to enforce the law.
3: Once again, we've been joined by John Gabriel. Always uh, good stuff from him. And with a lot of news going down in his home state in Arizona, we wanted to have him on uh, today to talk about all that's going on there. Again, check out his fine work at ricochet.com, where he is the editor-in-chief as well as the uh, King of Stuff uh, podcast, wherever you listen to your uh, favorite podcasts. Uh, John, I didn't have a chance to uh, listen to your most recent podcast that uh, dropped this uh, past week. Uh, any any teasers that you want to throw out to our audience to kind of entice them to maybe uh, tune in? I know I'm going to be tuning in this weekend.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I just try to keep, podcast-wise, I try to keep it lighter because so many political podcasts are so heavy. Right. And so I'll mix it up talking to you know politicians, journalists, opinion leaders, but also comedians, musicians, you name it. I want to talk to him because all of us need a break from the craziness. Um, yeah, this um, two weeks ago, we had Walter Kern, an author. Um, very, uh, He thinks on his own. He's on with Gutfeld a lot. And I heard that one. That was week,
3: fantastic. I loved it.
5: Yeah, yeah. Then this past week, we had um, an author, uh, Donald Critchlow, who talks revolutionary monsters. He just released a book and just talking how outside of the U.S. revolution, uh, most of these people, they lead a revolution. They turn into absolute monsters, like you've seen with Castro, is a good example. Um, so, yeah, just just talking about how quickly most of them turn.
3: Fantastic. Again, uh, John Gabriel. Check out uh, their fine work, ricochet.com, as well as his weekly podcast, The King of Stuff. John, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your weekend, and hope to catch up with you soon.
5: You too. Great to talk to you, Brad. Thanks. AM
3: 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast.
5: Go nowhere.
1: American pressure. pressure, pressure. Spray it. Don't say it.
3: Your pressure washer needs the right accessories. Those are the tools you use to get your job done. We are proud to offer Minnesota-made products like the Aqua Rocket Rotating Nozzle and Hydroflex's line of hydro-excavating tools, including their switch blade and their legendary Ripsaw Nozzle. All quality and all made in Minnesota. Call us today at 763-521-4442.
1: Catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Jerislein, our guest-like bow hunting expert, Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick, Sharon Statler. Join us for Outdoor News Radio every Sunday morning at 8 on our sister station, Freedom 1570.
3: Hey, welcome back. I am 1280 The Patriot. The out Northern me. Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson.
9: Where
3: did you go? 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You, you can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions as I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. You can check out my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's the King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. And on Saturdays, on these very airwaves, Mitch Berg is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance on from 1 to 3 p.m. Saturdays, followed immediately by Jack Tomzak, the new guy in town, 3 to 5 p.m., and on Sundays from 1 to 3, it's me, The Closer, closing out uh, weekend programming. Again, right here in AM 1280, The Patriot. And here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARNshow. That's hashtag NARNshow for any comments or questions. These box elder bugs are like a, like a plague in here. They're all over the place. Well, I found a couple just crawling right here. It's almost like they're taunting me, you know, stopping and listening to the broadcast. <laughs> they're harmless, so uh, no big deal. I do want to get to some other uh, newsworthy items from this past week. I uh, I heard of a school shooting that took place down, down in Arlington, Texas uh this past week and immediately when I get a notification that there's a school shooting taking place uh I immediately I avoid the dumpster fire that is Twitter because without with literally and I do mean literally before bodies are even cold, before law enforcement has even arrived on the scene to investigate, there's already speculation. Oh, the oh, the NRA, they're American terrorists. They're enabling this gun violence to steal the lives of our children. If we don't get gun control underway, thoughts and prayers are just not enough. And, of course, you know, one of the ones that commonly comes out is someone scrawled on a piece of paper a long time ago, uh, thoughts and prayers, and they put an X through the thoughts and prayers, and, Policy and change, because, you know, the government is the all-knowing deity that can—they're uh, the only ones that can solve these issues. And then when the, the narrative and when the facts come out about a, a shooting and the narrative inevitably blows up in the gun grabber's face, no, no retractions, no apologies, no clarification, just move on to the next demagoguery. Well, there was— that It started out like that with a shooting in, a, in an Arlington, Texas high school, uh, Timberview High School in Arlington, which is just, a, I think, is a suburb of Dallas. And not much was heard after that. Um, probably because, well, there was, just wasn't the body count that these uh, gun control activists, you know, they feed off of. Because that's one thing. Uh, I'll read from a New York Post story uh, about the shooting. This uh, story was posted... On Thursday, Uh, the Texas student who allegedly opened fire at his high school, injuring four people, including a teacher, was sprung from jail on Thursday afternoon as an attorney who joined him insisted that the case wasn't a, quote, standard issue school shooting, close quote. Huh. All right. Maybe that might explain a lot of why this wasn't covered. Uh, Timothy George Simpkins, age 18, who attends Timberview High School in Arlington, will report to home confinement after he posted $75,000 bond at Tarrant County Jail, news station WFAA reported. Simpkins, who was wearing a blue baseball cap and a graphic T-shirt, didn't answer questions from reporters as he was escorted from the jailhouse by two relatives into the back seat of a white Mercedes sedan. As part of the conditions of his release, he will also have to submit to drug and alcohol testing and wear a GPS monitoring device. Civil rights attorney Kim T. Cole, who spoke on behalf of the family, blasted reporters outside the jail for portraying the dangerous incident as a standard issue school shooting. Hey, welcome to the party there, attorney Cole. Uh there. There are numerous school shootings that have occurred across this country which are tragic. All school shootings are tragic, Cole said. However, in this situation, this was not someone who was just out to go shoot a school and had made up their mind and said, You know, hey, I'm upset and I'm just going to shoot anyone I see. That was not the situation here. So I request the media correct their narrative with regard to what happened and uh, that you all respect the family's privacy, she continued. Well, hey... Welcome to the fracas, there, Miss Cole, because that's not how it happens. Whenever there's a school shooting, everybody it's it's going to be immediately politicized, and they are going to constantly demand gun control proposals, none of which would have prevented the shooting in question. In this case, when you first heard of a high school student shooting up a school, what was the first thing that was demagogued? Texas has recently passed constitutional carry law well here's the problem with that someone who's 18 years old is not allowed to carry the age is 21 so right away this student has a gun that he is not legally allowed to own and carry it in that vein and what is it what is another thing that you always hear about well it's a typical uh you know typical another white guy just shooting up people, you know, this classic display of white supremacy, and then they delve into their chanting point about how uh, the Second Amendment was really uh, implemented uh, for the slaveholders in order to, uh, you know, keep their slaves in line. So uh, the Second Amendment was basically some sort of tool of white supremacy. It always uh, delves into that discussion. Well, the story disappeared uh, in a millisecond when it was ascertained that the young man was black. Didn't expect that twist, did you? And by the way, if it had been a young white kid, age 18, who was escorted out of jail after putting up $75,000 bond, and he had to submit to drug and alcohol testing and wear a, a GPS monitoring device, another common chanting point was, well, imagine if that shooter were black. Imagine what he'd be going through. They'd put him under the jail. He wouldn't even. They wouldn't even be allowed to post bond, except in this case he did. And he, from what I understand, he comes from a very affluent family, very well-to-do family. So you see, this isn't so much as a race issue as much as, much as it is as a class issue. You know, if you can, if you can post the bond, in this case, $75,000, all good. Then they'll go through the channels of making you submit to alcohol and drug testing, as well as wear a GPS monitoring device. So this story disappeared very quickly and while the attorney was demanding this to not treat this as a regular old school shooting well at first they were going to until they ascertained who the perp was and the issue here was well you know he was being bullied so he felt the need to you know seek retribution well that's not how you that that's not how it's supposed to be handled and again i don't condone bullying at all i don't care if the student is black white Asian American, Hispanic, whatever nationality, bullying is bullying, it's wrong, it shouldn't be happening. And unfortunately there's been a lot of issues with that in school. Heck, it goes back to my time. Okay, I, I may have told the story before. When I was a freshman in high school, I was five foot two, ninety five pounds. Okay, I was sought to be picked on because, well, I was one of the smallest kids out there. I was an easy target, right? And kids do it just for the sport of it. Doesn't make it right. At all. But it's been going on forever. And I, I'm saddened to know that we still have to deal with that issue. But to bring a gun in order to quell this issue? Yeah, that, that's, that, that's not how that's supposed to work. So we didn't really hear much about this after some of the facts were, were warned about it. Because they couldn't demagogue it the way they wanted to. You know, they wanted to blame the constitutional carry law first and foremost, above everything else. Well, you need to be twenty-one in the state of Texas. So that that's out the window because he was eighteen. And he couldn't blame it on white supremacy because, well, he was a young black kid. So now what? Now where are you going with this? It, it it's an interesting study in media psychology because you could tell they just didn't know how to handle this, didn't know how to go go through this because uh they they, they feel like they may be chided as racists if they condemn the shooting full stop, like they condemn every other shooting. Because they know that's what they would do, okay? Uh, If it was a white kid doing the shooting, okay, they would just say, well, this is just the root root cause of uh, white supremacy, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I found it real interesting. You didn't hear a whole lot about this after it initially happened, and it'll quietly, you know, dissipate as the young man. uh, Thankfully, no one was killed. People were injured. Uh, you know, the young man, again, uh, posted bond. Uh, he's old enough to be tried as an adult. Who knows what the, uh, the, the crime, the uh, uh, sentencing will end up being. But if the sentencing is extra harsh, only then will you see this uh, story come back into America's consciousness. So, uh, inter- again, interesting study in media psychology. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Show hashtag narn Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
1: Am I strong enough to follow the desire
2: that burns from within? AM
1: 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free
9: Odyssey app. One listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders. And, you know, and Their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores. And just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now We are United Faith Mortgage.
1: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. Twenty Five Maple Park Road, Maple, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access or corporate NMLS number thirteen thirty. Equal housing lender. licensed license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Did you know that the Patriot Mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming The Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM1280 The Patriot app today.
7: iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more at iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shacks Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280, The Patriot,
2: and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue Once you try a Patriot burger,
7: you may never go back to a regular burger.
2: That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at rackshackbarbecue.com. Get
7: that
5: Rack Shack attack,
1: Rack Shack Barbecue,
3: yeah. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. A 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also run in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Vincent called in earlier saying Rhino's in Washington, DC. What about him? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, I guess, Vincent. Uh, By the way, folks, if you were at the uh, 20th Anniversary Patriot Gala this past Wednesday down at the uh, Premier Inn in Burnsville, it was great to see you, great to be back with our people. Uh, It had been nearly two years. It was late October 2019 when we last had a public event uh, with our Patriot listeners back when Dennis Prager and Larry Elder came to town. Again, it was late October 2019. So, yeah, it's been almost exactly two years. And what a fantastic event. Again, the keynote speakers were Dennis Prager and Charlie Kirk. I had not not met Charlie Kirk before, not heard him speak in person, Uh, doing yeoman's work on our college campuses and high schools, getting out there, young conservatives getting into these areas, very hostile environments more often than not. Uh, And we certainly appreciate the yeoman's work he's doing there. Uh, The one thing they were talking about is uh, Trump possibly running – uh, former President Trump, possibly running in 2024. And Charlie Kirk seems to think 100% Trump is absolutely running in 2024. Trump held a big rally in Iowa yesterday. Uh, of course, Iowa is the first state in the presidential caucus primary system of a presidential election year. So, sending very strong signals that he's uh, that he's going to run. Again, election day for president is a little more than three days, three years away. My God, can't Can't we just give it a break? Here, here's the thing. I was uh, I was doing some house cleaning yesterday, and I found an old newspaper from 1987, back when the Twins clinched the American League pennant against the Detroit Tigers. So this would have been like the second week of October 1987, and that was the front page headline of the Pioneer Press. I was a you know my family was a Pioneer Press subscriber back then because I lived in St. Paul. Well, at the top of the page, there was a little footnote saying how George H.W. Bush, who was the vice president at the time, was declaring he was going to run for president. That was 13 months before Election Day that a major candidate was declaring he was running for president. Only 13 months. We can't even get through a regular election cycle without the next one starting immediately. I mean, it's just too much. And now that it's more than three years to the next presidential election, election day, we're already talking about 2024. Oh, folks, come on, rein it in. Well, to get back to my original point, Charlie Kirk thinks 100 percent Donald Trump is running. And Charlie Kirk says, yeah, he's running in 2024, like it or not. And Dennis Prager immediately said, I don't like it. Not that Dennis Prager wasn't a fan of Trump. He's a great admirer of Trump's presidency, thought Trump did more things as a Republican president than any Republican president since Reagan and his policy initiatives were top notch and Republicans should seize upon those and run on those uh, in all elections going forward. A lot of the policy positions that Trump had. So it wasn't that Dennis Prager wasn't a fan of the Trump presidency. He just believes Trump can't win in 2024 with all that went against him in 2020. It's going to be ramped up that much more in 2024 to the point where he's not going to win. And we need to take back the white house in 2024, because the Republicans will probably take Congress next year in 2022. Well, pundit at Hot Air wrote about some recent polling regarding Trump running. And apparently only 44 percent of Republicans and Republican leaners want even want Trump to run again. So, again, this is from pundit at Hot Air. This is the most encouraging 2024 poll that the GOP's Trump-hesitant and anti-Trump factions have seen since January, at least, which is not to say that it's especially encouraging. It's a safe bet that most of the 44% who want him to run again would also prefer him in a Republican primary, which means any hypothetical challenger would need to win nearly the entirety of the remaining 56% of the undecideds. Good luck trying to do that against the most famous person in the world who also has a small donor money machine boosting him. The takeaway here isn't that Trump would lose a primary. It's that after six years, Trump fatigue may be setting in even among the GOP. With even many on the right ambivalent about him, especially centrists, he may be easy pickings for a solid Democrat candidate if he were to be nominated a third time. Luckily for him, there are no solid Democratic candidates available. He'll either face an 82-year-old Joe Biden or the relentlessly underwhelming Kamala Harris. At worst, he has a 50-50 chance of being president again. But if he decide, if he does get reelected, larger number of Republicans won't be thrilled about it, according to Pew. So according to this, uh, two-thirds of Republicans want Trump to remain a political figure, with 44% saying he should run again in 2024. So... That means 32% say Trump should not remain a a major national political figure. So as it turns out, 44% think he should run for president himself. 22% support another presidential candidate who shares Trump's views. So again, this is along the lines of what Dennis Prager was saying to us the other night. He had some phenomenal policy initiatives, some of which passed During his presidency, specifically the first two years when the Republicans controlled everything in Washington, they got some valuable policy initiatives put through. And Trump, of course, slashed a lot of the regulatory state. Some of the executive orders that he put through uh, were uh, very, very encouraging. So I think a lot of people look at it and say, look, if Trump's not the candidate, if he goes, say, he gets in the race in 2024 and he goes through a bruising primary battle and ends up losing— Okay, his his a lot of his supporters, maybe not even a lot of his supporters, but enough of his supporters will run home with their tails tucked between their legs, suck their thumbs, and not even turn out. Hello, uh, Georgia, uh, runoff elections. Okay, you don't like some of the big uh, COVID packages and whatnot that were passed uh, this pa- or this year, twenty twenty one. In some small measure, you can thank Donald Trump for that because he sowed distrust. In Georgia's election process, it cost the two sitting Republicans their Senate seats and handed the majority in the Senate to the Democrats. Had the Republicans maintained the majority in the Senate, none of these policies, particularly these COVID relief packages, see the light of day. That's the truth, folks. I know you, some of you Trumpkins out there don't like hearing that, but that's the truth. All right. So Trump can be all indignant all he wants over what's going on in the Senate, but he's largely responsible for the Democrats having the majority in the Senate because he sowed such distrust in Georgia's election cycle, election process, that several hundred thousand Republicans stayed home during the runoffs and it was just enough to put the Democrats over the top. Okay? So my point is that if Trump, what would be ideal if you're a Republican voter is if Trump would be some sort of kingmaker. Say Ron DeSantis gets in. Trump says, you know what? I'm not going to run, but I think Ron DeSantis would enhance and and encourage a lot of our policy initiatives or policy proposals. I think that he should be the guy uh, to be the candidate. And if Trump encourages his supporters to get behind, say, Ron, this is just hypothetical, Ron DeSantis in 2024, that would go a long way. The problem is Trump isn't all about sharing the spotlight, Okay. So he went all scorched earth because he was not successful in Georgia. Okay, by golly, no one else is going to be successful in Georgia. And he sowed, again, he sowed such distrust in their election process that Senators uh, Leffler and Purdue were collateral damage, and they ended up losing. And then he could say, ah, see, look at that. That's a largely red state, and not even incumbent senators could win reelection. Well, the uh, inconvenient truth here is, is right-of-center candidates on election day, November 2020, right-of-center candidates in Georgia got an aggregate of 50% or more of the vote, with the lone exception being Donald Trump. Don't think that wasn't a blow to his ego. So then, of course, he does the flailing and say there's fraud, fraud everywhere, fraud everywhere, and disparages the name of Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. So... uh, I would I would I would love for Trump not to run in twenty twenty four. I agree with Dennis Prager. I don't think he should run in twenty twenty four because he'd lose. But if he could uh play the role of Kingmaker, would that assuage his ego enough? Time will tell. So that's a long ways away. Hate talking about this stuff, but unfortunately it's in our face constantly, and I'm going to react to it because well. I got to fill two hours every Sunday, right? So, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've enjoyed it. M1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have
7: yourselves a blessed week. I am one of thousands of women with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other
9: parts of the body. I am living in the moment and taking IBRANS, Calcocyclib iBrand's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for postmenopausal women or for men with HR positive HER2 negative MBC as the first hormonal based therapy.
6: Be in your moment. Ask your doctor about iBrand's and visit iBrand's.com. iBrand's may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. iBrand's may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking iBrand's
1: Do you love to cook or have a favorite blue-ribbon dish? Then you need to enter your favorite recipe sweepstakes to submit that delicious recipe. The winning entry will receive a year's worth of fine meats from Good Ranchers, a $1,400 value, and get a $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree. Increase your chances of winning by entering once each day. So start cooking and enter now at am1280thepatriot.com slash recipes Happy. Happy Happy 20th anniversary
0: Ian.